Welcome to Coffee House Questions. Well, welcome to another week of Coffee House Questions. This is Ryan Pauly. Before we jump into our question today, I just want to let you know if you're listening uh, from the Southern California area on April 17th, 24th, and May 1st, I'll be speaking at Rock Harbor Fullerton. It's a church located um, in the Titan Student Union building at the Cal State Fullerton campus. And so on April 17th, we'll be talking about morality, truth, and the existence of God. On the 24th of April, we'll be talking about miracles and the reliability of the New Testament. And then finishing off the three weeks on May 1st, talking about creation and evolution. Uh, this will be kind of be more of a little classroom setting, uh, t- chance to kind of listen to the presentation as well as ask questions and questions on the topic as well as questions uh, on other topics about um, Christianity and apologetics. So if you're in the area, come on by uh, Rock Harbor Fullerton on the 17th, 24th, and May 1st. Uh, the time is still uh, not decided exactly. I'll let you know when uh, we get a decision on that, but come on out and be glad to have you. All right, so today what we want to talk about uh, is this uh, question, what do you mean by evolution? And the reason why I want to ask this question is because I think this question is essential when discussing the topic of evolution, whether you're watching a video online, reading an article, or having a discussion with a friend or coworker, or anyone. Uh, when the topic of evolution comes up, you have to ask the question, what do you mean by evolution? And the reason is, is that there are three kind of main definitions for the word evolution. And we have to be clear what we mean by the word in order to know if I agree with it or not. Uh, Because what normally happens is you're in a discussion with a friend, uh, they ask you, hey, do you believe in evolution? And the Christian normally responds, no, I don't, I believe in creation. And then it gets into kind of a discussion and the non-Christian starts to give a bunch of kind of scientific evidences and examples of evolution. And it becomes very difficult for the Christian to respond to. And the reason why is that there are these three different definitions. The first definition, kind of broad definition of the word evolution, is just change over time. We talk about cell phones evolving, cars evolving, just objects and things that evolve, they change. The iPhone 3 is different than the iPhone 6. It has evolved or it has changed. And so this is the example of evolution the person is talking about. Obviously the Christian agrees with this kind of evolution. If they say, hey, do you believe in evolution? This phone has evolved? Yes, I do. Uh, We have no problem there. The second definition of evolution is um, is microevolution or kind of small genetic changes within a species. Again, I don't have a problem with this evolution, this type of evolution. This type of evolution is, I believe, to be scientifically proven. Look at breeds of dogs. Look at, look at different types of fish or, or sharks or even within the human race. Right? I, I think that uh, I, I hold to that, that God created Adam and Eve at the beginning. Uh, there's one male, one female. All of humans are descendants of Adam and Eve. We all look very different. And so there have been small genetic changes that have changed within humanity that give humans different characteristics and make us look different. That is an example of microevolution. You take one type of one breed of dog, breed it with another type of dog, and you get a new breed of dog. Those are examples of microevolution. We also have, you know, Darwin's finches. That is microevolution. The change in a beak of a bird is small genetic changes within a species, but the bird is still a bird. The finch remains a finch, even though its its beak changes. And so there's the second definition of evolution, microevolution, which if this is what the the skeptic or, or the person is claiming, I don't have a problem with it. Yes, I believe 
in microevolution. However, the last definition is macroevolution or Darwinian evolution, common ancestry, and this is where uh, you get the divide between creation and evolution. Now, what most skeptics will say is that macroevolution is the same as microevolution just over more time. And so what you have is you have small changes within a species that is scientifically proven in a small time. You take that small time, you stretch it over millions or billions of years, and now you have big changes in one species changing into another. Now, this is the assumption, this is the theory. That part of evolution has not been scientifically proven. There is no proof in place proving that humans are descendant from a, from an ans a previous ancestor. There's no proof of one type of animal changing into another. That is the assumption that we came from other animals. That is the theory of macroevolution, but there is no proof for that. And so what I want to kind of look at today is there is a video on YouTube called uh, The Proof of Evolution That You Can Find in Your Body. I think that's the title of it. Uh, proof of Evolution That You Can Find in Your Body. This video has over 15 million views on YouTube. A lot of people have seen this. I've seen it shared on my Facebook. Uh, it's popped up a whole bunch of places, and that's why I kind of want to give this response to it. Now, at the very beginning of this video, um, the video looks at five different characteristics of the human body that are supposedly proof of evolution. And the video starts off by saying, look, you're going to look at your body, and you'll see parts, you'll see things in your body that are not there because you need them, but because your animal ancestor did need them. And so from the very beginning, hey, look, when you look at your body, you're going to see these things. You don't need them. You have no function for them, but your animal ancestor did, and that's why these things are still in your body. And then they say that the only way to make sense of this is in the framework of evolution by natural selection. There is no other way you can make, that you can understand this, that you can make sense of it. The only way you can understand these five things or these, this idea of kind of vestigial organs or, or, or muscles in our body is through or in the framework of evolution. Now, what are the five things that they talk about? Well, they talk about the palmaris longus, this, you know, the muscle and tendon in your forearm. They talk about the muscles around uh, the human ear, uh, the fact that humans have the ability to, uh, that we have goosebumps, um, the tail or tailbone, and the grasp reflex within infants. And so, so supposedly, these five things um, only make sense within the framework of evolution uh, by natural selection, and they are there not because we need them, but because our animal ancestors did. So is this complete truth? Is this proof of evolution in the human body? Well, not necessarily. Now, we have to understand that claims like this, it presumes that we evolved from animals. It does not prove that we did. Even if we have a muscle that has no function, how is that proof of evolution? You know, it's interesting that when... A Christian is claiming that God is the creator of the universe and says, hey, there was a beginning of the universe, something had to begin it, therefore it's God. And so there's the Kalam cosmological argument. The skeptic or the atheist will say, well, that's, that's God of the gaps. And what they're saying is that you have a gap in your knowledge, in your scientific knowledge. We don't know how the universe started. So when you plug God into that gap to fill the knowledge that we don't know, that's called God of the gaps and you can't do it. Now, what's fascinating here is that it seems like there's kind of this evolution of the gaps going on. We see a muscle or we see a uh, characteristic of the human body that we don't understand. We don't know why it's there and it doesn't seem to have any function. Therefore, this is proof of evolution. 
And they're kind of doing the same thing. Well, I would say that Christians are not doing God at the gaps, but they are saying, we don't know the function of this, therefore it must be evolution. No, we don't know the function of this. It could be that God created it. And so we have to look at this and say, okay, are these examples of microevolution, macroevolution, or kind of nothing? And, and it's just an example of how we've been created differently. For example, um, the palmaris longus, the muscle in your forearm. Um, studies are showing that about 10 to 15% of humans don't have this muscle. Most animals, you know, primates do. So is this proof that, okay, we no longer have a function for this muscle, and so we're starting to lose it, and so this is proof that we had it before in our previous animal ancestor? Well, no. Studies are actually showing that the palmaris longus does improve uh, the human's ability to grasp things. It does improve the grip strength and the thumb strength. Um, can we live without it? Yes. And, and some people do. However, it does have a function if it's there. But let's just say, even if it did not have a function, this is presuming that we evolved from animals based on it. It's not proof. And the same thing with the, the muscles around the ear. And the video claims that humans have these muscles, the three muscles around their ear. Animals have those muscles in order to, to move the ear to be able to hear better. Humans can't move the ear. We've lost that function, but the muscles are still there. Therefore, it's an example showing us that we've evolved from animals. Again, isn't it possible that we were created with these muscles for a purpose? Maybe we don't know the purpose for them yet, but there's no, this is not proof that we came from animals. And so it's interesting when, when the comments on this video say things like, there's nothing to believe when it comes to evolution. It, it, it's all scientific fact. Well, is it? There's a lot of assumptions made. You know, we, we assume or we presume that we evolved from animals and would they even say this at the beginning of the video, the only way to make sense of this is through evolution natural selection, but it doesn't necessarily require it. It talks about other things like goosebumps. Oh, goosebumps don't do very much for the human, but it does a lot for the animals, therefore it shows that we've evolved. No, and especially the tailbone. Oh, this is a, a leftover from the tail from when we were our previous animal ancestor. We don't need our tailbone anymore. That's completely false. It's actually not the tailbone, it's the coccyx, and the coccyx is an anchor for some major muscles um, in the lower part of our body. And the muscles of the pelvis attach to the coccyx and support a lot of our organs and allow us to be able to walk upright. And so the coccyx has extremely important function um, for us to be able to live. And so I just want you to kind of look at these videos and say, are these examples that are given, are they proof of evolution? Well, some of them are examples of microevolution. A human was created, maybe we had the palmaris longus, and now the DNA as it has changed, as we begin to look different, and there are small changes within uh, the genetic makeup of the human race, now some people lose uh, or don't have this muscle, 10 to 15% don't. That is an example of changes within the human race that does not prove that we came from previous animals. And so a lot of these examples that will be given, when you ask the question, what do you mean by evolution? Oh, well, we're talking about examples, uh, change within a, or change from one species to another, Darwinian evolution. Okay, what are your examples? A lot of the examples are, are microevolution. Uh, losing a muscle or the changing of beaks in the finches or these different kinds of things that only prove uh, small changes within a species. And so the next time you get into a conversation uh, on the topic of evolution, make sure you 
you ask the person, make sure you are very clear. What do you mean by evolution? Get their definition of evolution and so you know what it is that they're trying to prove. And you can also say, oh wait, you're trying to prove macroevolution, but you're using examples of micro. How do you get from microevolution to macroevolution? Can you make that connection for me? And so thank you for listening. Make sure you're kind of thinking through these issues. If you have any comments or questions, make sure you, uh, or you can write me on Twitter, RyanPauly3 on Twitter. Uh, come to the website, coffeehousequestions.com. Uh, thank you for joining me this week. Every podcast, new podcast posted every Saturday, a blog every Monday. Thanks for joining me. Come out to uh, Rock Harbor Fullerton on the 17th, 24th, and May 1st. Join us for our apologetics event. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Restore my life to you again